Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Hey everyone, Adam here, producer of Speaking of Partnership. Today's guest is Karen Rockheim. Karen was on her show earlier this week and had so much valuable information that we had made her interview into a two-part special, this being part two. If you missed part one, simply go back to Wednesday's episode to hear it. For all of you who are up to speed, let's pick up where we left off. So let me ask you this, though, because we've been talking about, you know, kind of things where we stumble on. What's one of the things where, you know, like it's like one of these proud, exciting experiences of partnership where you look back on it and you're just like, this is amazing. I, I can't help but smile every time I think about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I started doing this work, I was totally doing it on my own. And I think I read this, that this is your case as well, mm-hmm. Ken. Um, you know, I was terribly afraid to trust anybody else. I definitely had the mindset, it's just easier to do myself. I definitely was afraid of competition. And I think I've just had a trust issue. My first uh, love when I was 17 physically abused me. And that is, that's something that I still work with in mm-hmm. terms of trust, mm-hmm. right? And so when it came to my business, I, I was just, no way was I collaborating with other people. And, and I would have people say to me, Hey, let's do a program together. Or, hey, let's do that. And I was like, no way I'm not doing anything, you know? Um, but over the last couple of years, I've gotten to know a soul sister very closely. She and I did uh, a year of divine feminine training together with the same mentor. And just before that training started, both of our husbands ended up being here, um, her husband ended up getting a job here outside of Philly and I married my husband. And so we ended up living about a six minute walk from each other. And it was like divine intervention. And so the closer I got with her as a soul sister and we do similar work, I had never had friends before who did similar work. I I came to really trust her. And so we led a woman's circle together and there was magic. She said, I have a vision of us sitting in a circle and you're going to be sitting across from me. And actually, the first thing that we did is I was leading a retreat of maybe 11 women in Florida, and I wanted some support. So that was the first. I said, well, how about you come and support me, you know? And then I appreciated so much her contribution, what she offered, that she continued to support me for about another year, year and a half. And then those women who were in that group wanted more. And I, was, I said, okay, well, let's try this, do it together. And I was nervous, right? These were my clients who were coming in. Mm-hmm. And we created an absolutely magical, magical experience for a year. It was 13 moons, moon cycles as opposed to months. But mm-hmm. it's about a year for these women. And we we are, she is still, and she has this ability to be to pause and be in stillness and her wisdom all comes from the heart. And I'm very passionate and dynamic. And, and so we work together. I don't even want to call it yin and yang because it's both so feminine, but we work together in this really beautiful way and there's something magical. And so it's, it's a partnership that 
I'm really proud of, I'm really excited about, has shown me what's possible in terms of working together. And because of that, I now have been reaching out to a, to a couple of other people and saying, hey, you want to try something together? And that's real growth for me. And I'm excited to see what other partnerships will come about because that's actually been something I've been working on the last four weeks is intentionally I've been reaching out to a few different people I know and suggesting we do some work together. I love it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It feels like any of you out there who are listening and you're someone who has trust issues, you know, let's, let's go get a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. Cause we can talk about that. It, you know, it's, it's been so helpful for me to have someone who shows me that I can trust and let me go slow with that in order for me to really trust her and then be able to say, she's shown me, Oh, this is what's possible. And I want to do more of this. And I think it's actually even been good for my marriage because I see what's possible. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the thing. It's like, no, is it suddenly I'm doing 100 events with all these different people? No, it's let the first step be the first step. One of my favorite mm -hmm. phrases is become a master at beginning. Mm. Quit worrying about finishing, beginning. If you don't begin, you're never getting to the finish anyhow. Get good at right. that. Right, right, right. And it's, you know, uh, and obviously, you know, partnerships very well and are, are expert at it. And when you asked me to be on the podcast, I thought, oh, God, I don't know that I'm the best partner person because I have not <laughs> had a lot of success at it. You know, one divorce under my belt, abused at 17, you know, um, and it's all been for learning. Like I said, each yes. experience has really led me to where I am and is leading me to where I'm going to whatever is going to come next. So so it's it's exciting you know my husband and i the minute we got married we also decided to work together he is trained as he's a teacher and he's been a teacher for 20 years and at the end of our it, right before we got married the last year or two he was feeling really burnt out on teaching and my business was growing and i had had an assistant so i said well hey how about you start doing all the back end everything from my schedule to working with our finance guy and all that and website and all of the front end. And I thought this was just a grand idea. Well, there's another, you know, dumb moment, you know, like the minute we get married, mm -hmm. there's already enough. What is going on here? <laughs> you know, we're not really even knowing how to live together. And he had a son and I suddenly was a stepmom. And I, I had never really had, a, I had never had a business partnership with anybody. Um, and I hadn't had a life partnership with somebody in many years. And we had mm -hmm. a moment where he ended up needing to say to me, you're asking me to do things that are not my strengths. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just not good at this. And you're asked also, like, where's the gratitude? I was just like telling him, I need this. I need that. I need this, you know, and, and I had to go, oh my God, like, this is what I study and teach. I study and teach the science of happiness and gratitude and tell people to only work their strengths and find other people to come. It, and so it was, I had been, I was blind to it in my own business and my own relationship. But that was huge for us was to step back and and make both our marriage and our working environment one of constant gratitude and living your strengths. Nice. Yeah. Thank and you're you. right. It's like we've got to figure out what are our strengths and own those. Yeah. And when they're not, be like, this may not be the best thing for me. Right. So right. maybe and that's we okay. need to get another partner. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> right. Right. 
Right, right. And that can be, that, at least for me, can be super scary. Absolutely. Um, but I I'm, think it is I'm, for like most you of said, us. I'm, yeah, I'm crawling and then walking, you know? Yeah, because we had two, two sides. We hit the trust thing, or we hit the I'm not enough and I won't hold up my side of the partnership. Mm, so it's right. kind of like you get hit one way or the other. I think basically everybody struggles with that on some level. Yeah. And that's the challenge is, you know, there's huge payoffs, like you just described with your, your colleague that you did the events with. You're like, this opened up unbelievable possibilities mm-hmm. that I never would have touched if I hadn't done that. Right. But right. I had to go through the fire, be scared, do it anyhow, and get there and realize, and you learn from that, hey, some of these things work well for me, some of these don't so much. And now you can go forward with more knowledge of what the next step looks like. Exactly, exactly. And and to be able to go through the bumpy parts where we would say to each other, ooh, I think I just stepped on your toes. Or, hey, you stepped on my toes. You know? Exactly. Um, and we have a, this is my dear friend, Stacy Hoffer, soul sister, incredible. She runs something called the, the Path of Self-Love School. And she and I, instead of saying I'm sorry to each other, we'll say I'm starry. So it kind of even makes Aww. that feel like, yeah. So, you know, we have developing your own communication styles of what works and what helps you. And, and then, you know, learning from that, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll take that into my own, into my marriage. You know, my husband and I have a thing we call redos because we don't say everything perfectly. Gosh, I think I say things probably more imperfectly than perfectly. And so when I notice, oh, I came at that with a really quick start, oh, I was harsh or whatever it might be, or oh, I wasn't as grateful, I just ask for a redo. And in our household, when you ask for a redo, it's not brought up again. So you get a redo and it's a clean slate. Um, and so having kind of your own language can help as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, this goes back to what you were saying about instead of trying to do it like somebody else you saw, you come up with your own rules. Yeah. You come up with your own ways and go, you know what works for us? It's not for anybody else. Right. It might be an example that inspires you to find your own or lets you bring that forward because you used to think it was too weird, but now you realize it's actually really empowering. But it's not about like, oh, I got to do it like somebody else. Right. right. It's like I, I wrote a blog post years ago called Cheeseburger in Paradise. Hmm. And you probably know that song from Jimmy Buffett, very famous song. Sure. And people always sing like, I want mine with, you know, they know the whole thing. Well, a friend of mine from uh, high school ended up working at Jimmy's bar in Key West. And she goes, you wouldn't believe it. The number one thing that people order is the cheeseburger in paradise. She goes, it's also the number one thing that doesn't get finished. Huh. And I said, well, that makes total sense. If that's not how you make your cheeseburger in paradise in Cleveland, (laughs) <laughs> Why would it suddenly taste perfect to you in Key West? Yeah. But the, she goes, people are just rabid about it, like, oh, where's the pickle spear? Like it says in this, like they want it exactly that way, even though that's not how they like the burgers. Mm. Because how they're thinking, he must have the knowledge of what I need. No, no, right. no, no, no. You still know what's your cheeseburger. Right. You still know how you like your meat cooked and you know what you want on it. Yeah, that's such a great analogy. Yeah, but it was so funny because she's like, they'd get so mad if something wasn't exactly like it, but then they didn't like it anyhow. Right, right. You know, it's so interesting, though. So many people I know, and I was this way for a long time, don't know what they like or what they want. Maybe certainly at this point in terms of cheeseburgers, but not necessarily in terms of 
you know, what are my desires? Mm -hmm. What are like long term? What would I love to be and do and and feel and have in life? And really, what are my strengths? What are my values? You know, I I find a lot of deer in headlights if I ask these questions, you know, and that's why I do the coaching work with people to let's really dive into all of that and using a number of different exercises to get there. Because, like I said, schools in our society hasn't really set you up to know what do you want. You know, in each relationship you have, you can get a sense of, oh, I don't want that again, <laughs> right? Um, but then to be able to flip it into, okay, well, let me see what I do want. And let me go deeper than that. Let me know who I am. Yeah, it's such absolutely. important work to do. No matter what kind of partnership, friendship, relationship, you want to improve your your relationship as an adult with your adult parents. I mean, with your siblings, it, this to me is the critical work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, people think it's a cliche. It all starts at home and all that kind of stuff. But it's like you do. You've got to know you first. Yeah. Yep. Just like the cheeseburger. If you don't know what you like, the waitress or waiter is not going to know for you. Mm -hmm. And how many people sit there and go, what would you recommend? They don't know you. (laughs) How can they possibly be? What a terrible question to ask a server. They've never met you in their life and you want them to recommend your meal. <laughs> right. Such a good point. It's so interesting. I, I am somebody that I, I kind of ask that question. I say, what's most popular? Not because I don't know what I like, mm-hmm. but I am curious. Is there a specialty here? You know, yeah. is there something to try? And you know what's interesting about that? Oh, can I never made this connection. So thank you. I'm going to have to start <laughs> to order my dinner very differently tonight. Um, my husband always just goes on whatever he wants and he always gets the winter meal and I always get the eh. You know, and so (laughs) I think maybe me asking what what's most popular is is exactly what we're talking about here. I'm going to have to change that. Thank you. You're welcome. And, you know, it's it's funny. These are those little things we do every day that reinforce those behaviors on a bigger level. You're so right. You're so right. Well, that's just how I work. I always get that. I I, um, there was a woman I used to date that she would she had this belief and I don't know where she got it, maybe growing up that we shouldn't order the same thing because if we have two different things, we can taste two different meals. And as always happens, you know, when the server comes over, they would ask the woman first what she wanted. Well, I didn't know she had this rule, right? Mm. So I would order whatever I wanted. And if it was what she wanted, she would change her order. Mm. And so she'd change her order. And there was this place we used to go for breakfast. And I always love this one thing and it's what I always got. And she would change her order. So one day she, and she was never happy with it. It was never as good. She's like, I knew I should have got that. And I'm like, well, go ahead and get this. Right. Let's just both have it. Yeah. So one day she goes, I'm going to get that. I'm like, good. And she gets it. And she goes, this is so good. I'm like, I know. Why do you think I keep ordering it? Why? Who told you you have to have some, your second favorite thing? Yeah. Well, Why? okay. This, okay, Ken, you and I could, I know we have a limited time on the podcast, but this is, you know, go back to the male brain and the female brain. Mm-hmm. There, There is a difference here, certainly at least in how we were nurtured, not yes. necessarily our brain or nature. But, you know, in general, m- women have been nurtured to be nurturers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly is in our biology too, to want to be the caretaker. But what that has become is that we should be people pleasers. And we should let the other person have what they want first. And and this I see, you know, I work with so many women, whether it's speaking at companies, you know, like being the keynote speaker at Capital One's Women's Conference, or it's doing one-on-one work with a woman. This is a big thing that every woman I know, almost every woman I know has struggled with, and almost every woman I know wants to overcome to be her most empowered self. 
So it's, I mean, the, we just cracked open a, a big can oh, yeah. here, you know, that I know we don't have time to get into, but it's, it's a real opportunity. And I think yes. that we're only going to have the happiest friendships and partnerships possible when each person, whether it is a woman and a woman, a man and a man, a man and a woman, them and them, it doesn't matter. Each person does that check in yes. and finds the courage to speak their truth, even if it's just, I'm going to have the eggs too. That for a lot of people who were raised that they shouldn't have an opinion, that takes courage. And I applaud anyone who is going to be that courageous at, at your next meal and, and speak what you want. Yeah. And that's where it starts. Yeah. With the little thing like ordering the meal you really want. That's right. That's right. Or somebody says, hey, what do you, that's where I started actually in speaking my voice. I used to, my, my first marriage, hey, what do you want to eat? I don't care. And then, you know, he would say Mexican. I'm thinking, well, I don't want Mexican, you know. So, yep. <laughs> but I had to learn. Again, I was trying to be, I was trying to model after what I thought I had heard and seen. Yes. Yeah. No, and it's so true. And from the male perspective, like I'm sitting there at breakfast going, I just want you to be happy. I want you to have the right. thing you want. Why are you torturing yourself mm. for some? And again, I didn't even know she had this belief that you were supposed to share because we always, you know, she'd eat off my plate, I eat off hers, whatever. I didn't know it was a rule. Like she was literally <laughs> like, no, you have to do this. It's a waste of going out if you don't do that. I'm like, I don't agree. I would rather mm. have both of us have meals we enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, a, it's such a great point. Yeah, it's it's yeah, you're right. It's a huge, huge area. So we're going to move <laughs> on because otherwise yes. we would be here till next Thursday. Yes. And that would be kind of cool at this really long marathon <laughs> show. But I don't know if that's a good idea. Uh, right. <laughs> nobody's commuting that long. They wouldn't be listening to that. It's only for cross country trips. Um, so let's do this because we're, we're, we're at the point where we're going to do the bring it all home portion. And this is where we're going to step away from the stories. We're going to leave the listeners with, you know, some kind of fast action bullet points of what they can take with them. And, and where I want to start is for you personally, Karen, what, what's the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received from someone? Be you. Mic drop. <laughs> you know, I have been in a lot of after my first divorce, I would love to say that, you know, then I was kind of like healed of those issues forever. But no, I went into a series of monogamous relationships with basically the same person. I used to say like, same golfer, different guy, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, um, and I, I was just afraid to be myself that who I was, wasn't lovable or good enough or acceptable or whatever it might be. And then you're, of course, going to end up in a relationship that doesn't really work for you. And so the more you can be yourself and you can find someone who wants you to be yourself, I think the happier you're going to be, you know, and then there are a million other, you know, little things I've learned. Like I said, gratitude, constantly praising the other person and being grateful along the way, I think it helps a huge bit. You know, I've read a lot of John Gottman, mm -hmm. all of that kind of work. But I think it begins with being sure that you're with somebody that you can be yourself with. Beautiful. And might I add that I'm so glad that you decided to be you because you're magic. Mm, thank I you mean, so much. I never knew you before today and you made my day magical. Oh, oh thank you. You're <laughs> I'm going to put you, that really means a lot to me. Thank you. You meet a lot of people. So that really means a lot to me. You're very, very welcome. I mean it. Mm. So let me ask you this thing, Karen. 
for our listeners, what, what book or resource would you recommend to our listeners and why that particular one? Yeah, so there's a tool in positive psychology. So, you know, most people know psych- psychology. You go to a psychologist when you don't feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who's going to help you kind of come back to baseline zero. And positive psychology, people aren't as familiar with. It's the scientific study of happiness and human flourishing. And the idea of the field is to say, well, let's say you're hovering around a plus two in life or a plus three. What would it mean to be a plus eight? What would it mean to be a plus nine? Like, what would it mean to really thrive? And so it's really like the science of what makes life worth living, your full potential. And it it was born about 20 years ago out of the University of Pennsylvania, a very famous professor at Penn. He was president of the American Psychological Association. He said to the field at large, like, we need to focus on what's right with people, not just what's wrong. Mm. And so he and a professor at the University of Michigan, go blue, any listeners out there? Um, Chris <laughs> Peterson, yeah, that's my alma mater, got together and they... For three years, they worked on creating a diagnostic tool on what's right with you. So if you go to a therapist and you get you get diagnosed something using something called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM, they diagnose you with what's wrong with you. And so Marty Seligman and Chris Peterson created something called the VIA, which is the Values in Action Survey of Character Strengths. And it diagnoses what's right with you. What are your top strengths? And it's absolutely free. You can go to AuthenticHappiness.com and under questionnaires, you'll see the VIA, Survey of Character Strengths, takes about a half hour and it will tell you your core strengths. And I think it's a great tool, both individually, in a marriage, in a team. I've done strengths work with teams before because when you know your own strengths and you know the other person's strengths, you really can start like living up to each person can live up to their own. And how do we put these together in a way that's really powerful? In fact, two people in my field just recently wrote a book called happy together. And they, in their book, they talk about doing something called a strength state, which is take a strength from one person in the relationship and a strength from the other and make a date out of it. So if one person's a top strength is creativity and another person's is love of learning, then find like a cool class you might take at a museum, you know, combining creativity and love Mm -hmm. of learning. So anyway, so I think, I think that's an amazing tool. And the more you know about the person or people that you love or you work with, the better you're going to be able to work with them and create something magical together. Nice. That's fantastic. And, and again, if you could, what's the name of the questionnaire? It's called the VIA values in action survey of character strengths. And you find it at AuthenticHappiness.com under the tab Questionnaires. And it's totally free. Perfect. Awesome. And for people listening, we'll make sure that's on the the show page too. So if you're driving or something, don't freak out. Uh, (laughs) And please don't try and make a note. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, Karen, we could talk for days. Um, This is not going to happen, though. (laughs) So (laughs) do me a favor. Would you let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about your work? Yeah, I'd love to. You can go to purposegirl.com, purposegirl.com, and you will see a link there to my podcast, which is called the Purpose Girl Podcast, or you can find it in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever. And my podcast is really all about the science of women's happiness. So I cover everything from relationships to sex to work and mother-daughter relationships. And, and so it's that full range. 
And of course, you can find me on Instagram at Karen Rockheim. My name is spelled kind of funny, so I'm sure that's in the show notes as well. And um, I also have a Facebook group for women uh, that is called Purpose Girls, the Women's Happiness Network. It's totally free. And we post, my team and I post on there a few times a week to really motivate women to be their best. And so those are just a few resources, but you can find everything at purposegirl.com. And once you go on purposegirl.com, there is an immediate opportunity to get a download of 50 happiness tips. They're really quick tips to be your happiest self. You can do them alone, do them with your kids, do them with your partner, do them with friends. Um, and there's also something called the living on purpose guide, which is a mini workbook, like ebook that asks you deep questions, like all the questions that you need to really discover your own purpose and who you are. And that's totally free at my website, purposegirl.com. Wow. 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 Okay, so generosity here. See, plenty to be <laughs> grateful for, all you listeners. And again, speakingofpartnership.com, just go type in Karen's name and you'll find her show page and it'll have all that information listed. So it'll be really, really easy because I know your <laughs> pen was just like going, oh no, oh, I can't write that fast. <laughs> and you it's Karen with a C. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's, it's going to be there for you. It'll make it really, really easy. Great. Well, Karen, again, thank you for being here. You're, you're, insights, your stories, just amazing. Uh, obviously, I had a great time. I know everybody listening had a great time. Thank you so much for being on our show today. It's been my honor. Thanks so much, Ken. And thank you for all the work you're doing. It's so important. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.